This podcast is a Bendy Geddig Media production. Hello, I'm Michael Sheen, and you are listening to a Touchline Rant podcast. Episode 170, 170 of a Touchline Rant podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Luke. This week I am joined by Mr. Mitchell Gadd. Say hello. Hello. Mr. Jordan Lloyd. Hello. And Mr. Alex Skinner. Thanks for having me back. Look at this. The four horsemen again. I'm Arn Anderson. Mitch, you can be Flair. So, Woo! work it out from there. <laughs> what are we going right. to be talking about today, Luke? Gareth Bale. We're going to start things off with the Welsh wizard. Uh, I'm going to pose a question. If you could all then respond with answers, that would work. make this section work really well. Um, is Gareth Bale... Um, done at, at the top level... Is this question to anyone in particular? Or are you going to ask? You, because you're to... back. Okay. You. okay, well, can I answer a question with another question? <laughs> I would expect nothing less. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, is, is Bale the football equivalent of Tillicum the whale? Obviously, this is where he's gone. This is... <laughs> is he? Is, it, is it Bale fish? Bale whale. Fish. What I'm going with. Gareth that. Whale. <laughs> um, look, explain I never this to me. Well, please. look, he's he's being held captive uh, on on fo- football terms, right? But secretly, I don't think Tillicum cares. Like he doesn't just doesn't care. Like he's like, for well, sure, keep keep me keep me tied up in this contract. See what happens. This um, is the thing. That's it's, put... it's a whole thing of player power. Like, n- never have I seen a. a a situation like this where players actually call the shots this way, and you've got Jose piping up, sure, uh, for no avail because it doesn't matter with Gareth Bale, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, does what he wants, does what he wants. But, um, I do feel like time is ticking a little bit on where he's at, um, to avoid injury and stuff to get ready for Wales. But I, I look, it's, it's one of those things we talk about play, play commodities when there's a, a, a sturdy solid professional like Gareth Bale, who's been through the ringer, who understands the business, can understands the contract and what is asked for him. He's won everything in the game. And what? For him to be a scapegoat at Spurs is pretty nasty. So I don't I disagree with how he's being treated there. Hence Balefish. <laughs> Balefish is good. I do like yeah. Um right, okay. Mitch. Hello. Welcome to you. Yeah. Um a while back on the podcast, I argued that it was too early for Gareth Bale to be considering moving to China. Um, mm. I thought it was a sign of intent that his he knew that his, his career at certain clubs was done with. So China was the, where he could get the most money. Ultimately now, is that where Gareth Bale is going to end up, do you think? Or is he just going to go back to... Will Spurs keep him? 
Do you think Spurs might keep him or will he go back to Real or will he move somewhere else? I think uh, if, I, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say that he'll, that Spurs won't keep him and that he will, but I, I can't see him go, I think his time at Real's done. Even if Zidane, obviously Zidane's been under a lot of pressure, I, I really don't expect Zidane to be there for much longer either. But I can't see him going back to Real just because of the relationship with the it's not just Sedan. I think the the fan, the relationship with the fans has turned sour. Um, I just think his time there is done. But I would be surprised if if Spurs kept him. Um, I, I the, the way things are going, the the comments from Mourinho, the way he's used him, I I really don't think it's working out massively between them. Um, it would be I, I'd love to see him stay in the Prem. I would, again, I'd be surprised if he went back to China. I, I, I would be surprised if he went back to China. I, I could see him, I could probably see something like America, maybe. You know, Beckham's got his team set, potentially somewhere like that. Um, Miami is a good show. I, I, basically, at this point now, I just want to know, is there anywhere he can move that wouldn't surprise you? <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, is... No, no. <laughs> it, what, what, what wouldn't surprise me? Um yeah, I don't know. Probably <laughs> CSK wouldn't surprise me either. Gold Coast Mariners. We'd have him. Central Coast Mariners wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. No, I, Jordan. I, it would, it, the only place that would surprise me is if he if he uh, if he if he stayed at um, yeah if he stayed at, at Tottenham. That makes that. sense. I don't know. I don't even know if that makes sense anymore. Anyway, um, whatever. I like the ending, though. The ending was great. He's not going back to Real. That's right. That's the conclusion. We know that. He's not not going to Real. He's not staying at Spurs. Yeah. But he might go to Central Coast Mariners. It's basically what we've decided there. Exactly. He's going to go somewhere. He's going to go somewhere with a nice climate, a nice setup. It's going to happen. Yeah. Nice. Right. Jordan. On the counter side of this, then. How fair is it of us to be discussing where Gareth Bale will end up next season when, let's be brutally honest with it, is that um, Tottenham aren't really using him. So is it all necessarily, you know, up to Bale at this point? Is it a case of, well, if he was being played regularly, maybe he would be performing better? I I actually side with your argument way more than the Bale argument. I think... Because of things in the past with Real Madrid and him being on the bench, people seem to think that he was acting up. The Wales Golf Madrid thing meant that the press thought Bale wasn't taking his his, his role as a professional seriously. But as we've seen for Wales, and as we've seen when he played with Spurs and when he's been needed at Real Madrid, he's always been a big game player, he's been a good professional and he's done everything. Um, I don't think he's been used properly at... Um, at Tottenham at all. I think they'd have a nice balance if they played Bale and Son behind Kane, but they don't really use it. He has his injury troubles. I think people forget that quite a lot. Even when fully fit, he's only ever a couple of games away from a you know a knock or an injury, and he, he, you know he's he does struggle with that. But I, I don't think he's being used properly at all. And I think other teams in the league, um, maybe a Man United or something like that, had they signed him, would be looking to get minutes out of him week in, week out and start him. But he only seems to start when Kane's not about. And look at Spurs as a whole when Kane's not about. Son's not good when Kane's not about. Other players don't play well when Kane's not about. They chucked him in against Wickham in the cup and that was lower league opposition and he was brilliant. He was on it. He was up for it. He didn't sulk. He didn't do anything. So why he 
his ability or anything is getting questioned or his attitude. I'm not sure. I think Mourinho is the worst kind of manager he can have because Mourinho looks for scapegoats. Mourinho, we, we, we love having Mourinho in the game because it's it's always the, the pantomime with him. It's always the drama. It's, it's all this big show with him. Having a Bale in his team is perfect because when it doesn't go wrong, the press go for Bale and no one's talking about Mourinho. The fact is Spurs haven't bought a striker in to ever compete with Kane. So when he's injured, they're stuffed. It's not Bale's job to be coming over here and bag 30 goals. He's, he's supposed to be their assistant. And I don't think he's being used properly. And I think Mourinho, honestly, I think they signed him to have an out when it doesn't go well. When, when Spurs go Spursy, they can blame it on Bale. That's... It's Mourinho's salacious slander against, like, to pull these scapegoats, which just grinds my gears a bit. Because you know what he's doing. You know exactly what he's doing. He's just pulling Mourinho traits. Like yeah. the bit, like the the bit in question where we we, we were discussing uh, earlier is that the last thirty minutes they seem better. Like the last eight minutes without Gareth Bale in the last game, it's just like if it's mis- misguided mind games to try and motivate him. It's not really cool, is it? I just, I just glad that he's back in the Premier League and that a lot of people are still seeing him for what he actually is, which he's a very professional footballer. Do you know what I mean? He's. It's like Jordan said, you know, no one who follows the Welsh national side will question Bale's professionalism, you know. Um, should we move on? Do you want to move on? Let's move on. We'll leave Gareth Bale yeah. behind. Uh, right, the league is in constant flux. Already this season, Everton have won it. Villa have won it. Spurs have won it twice. Um, Liverpool retained it. United won it. And now City are winning it. Um the thing with the Man City one, though, is it kind of feels like a more of a natural fit, the way the league's going now. And it's, the league's been, you know, ridiculous all year, like stupid results. City having this period of don- dominance almost feels like an anchor, almost, you know. Um, Skin, do you think there's going to be more twists and turns or do you think City will just settle into their role now? It's lovely to see they've hit a really the richest vein of form of the season. Like going through how many how many wins they've racked up back to back right now, including rotation, just proves how much depth they've actually got. But they've got depth across the entire squad, and this is all without firing strikers. If they're firing strikers, they'd be absolutely lethal. They've managed to do it and grind up results, like result after result after result, in a very pep style rotation system. Very consistency. They've really made the most of this, this, uh, th- these, uh, these conditions that they're playing in, like COVID style, a couple of couple of games a week, back to back, whatever. So I think it's testament to how well the team have functioned and fired. And luckily, on the whole, they've managed to remain avoid avoid COVID quite a lot. So I think. I think it will continue, but you know, you just never know. This season's mad. Like you just never know. But it's nice seeing that they, they've actually hit form, and they've. But I don't think they've peaked by 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 any stretch of the imagination. Well, look at how well they're playing now, and they haven't got uh, De Bruyne. They haven't got Aguero. You know, they've got other. You know, it. It's ridiculous that they, they just haven't really had a firing firing Jesus either. It's just last. No, game he's done nothing. He's done. He's not really done a lot. This is where. He makes me concerned with the idea of if he's going to become City's, you know, leading the line for City. I think based on this 
on his showing with Aguero being out this season, I think they need to go for Haaland because they need they without Aguero, Jesus Jesus is no Aguero basically, no stretch. Um, so yeah, if they get the right person and then, like and they they stay as consistent as they are, like well, obviously we all know they're going to be up there, but it just depends on the twists and turns. Yeah, Mitch. Um, do you think that the top four will be as close this season? If do you think City, are, you know, if let's assume that City will stay in the top four, that means the other three are going to be on constant rotation. You would imagine now for the rest of the season, mm. um, or do you think that is now going to settle down? Now we've sort of got into the I don't yeah halfway yeah, point. I, I can see. I can definitely see City. I can see City winning it quite comfortably from here, actually. I know it's a bit disappointing when everyone's hoping for like a really sort of close title challenge, but I think City are going to start to peel away from the rest of the pack. The rest of them, the rest of the top four, that'll definitely change a few times, I think. I can see them, um, yeah, jockeying for position. I could see that that um, flipping and changing a few times, so... I do think that there'll be some some key battles still at the top end of the table, obviously with the Champions League being such an important thing to get into. Um, but I can definitely see um, them doing a lot of changes between now and the, the end of the season between, yeah, several clubs. I even think, uh, see, the t- I tell you what, see, the, the, the disappointment with, uh, with these young, young kids that Man City are going to win, making babies cry. It's making babies cry. Um, <laughs> um, I think that... Making her debut. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I think that there'll be a few changes. And, and even, but I do think people like Le- Leicester will, will still mix it up a bit in, in that top four. I can see them sticking in and around there. But because of that, I, can't, I can see the sort of usual suspects sort of getting involved as well. So I, I still think that, um, I, w- I still even wouldn't rule out um, late charges from, from even people like Chelsea if they put some runs together. Arsenal aren't out of it yet, despite their loss to You Wolves. think Chelsea are going to be anywhere near it? Who knows? I mean, I, they've got a good run of fixtures. Honestly, I could still, I could still see it happening if they, if they put some, they put some wins together. That changed. Like West Ham, you saw them propelled up there. You know, um, honestly, I don't. I don't, I don't do you think, think Tommy so T- Tommy T will do the business? <laughs> Uncle Tommy. From now on, Uncle Tommy T is all he can be known as. <laughs> yeah. um, right, George. Do you th- um, do you reckon? Okay, I'll name like this. Look at the say top six. Yeah, I think City, United, uh, Spurs, um, Leicester. And then from there, I reckon outside of those, it's quite hard to pick the rest of the top six because I can see it, like Mitch said, like switching around. You know, I wouldn't count your Wolves out of it, yeah? Yay. A top six finish. <laughs> Genuinely. No question. You're not West, you know, you're not West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours to lose from here, George. Yeah. It's Europe yeah. now. Oh, yeah. yeah. You Arsenal, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Board, brush aside. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, that top six is. I'm with you. It's uh, it's going to change so it's much. It's COVID ball this year, so it's a free hit season, isn't it? It's, that is there's the no form, it there's is. no fans. Coin that term, a free hit. It's free season. hitsville, so everyone's just going a bit bonkers. West Ham are having a go, like they've not been there before. Spurs, like you said, Luke, they've already won it a couple of times this season, but they've decided they don't actually want to win it because it's uh, too difficult. Um, 
It's really exciting, actually, because some of the teams you mentioned there have actually got off to quite bad starts. Even City got off to a pretty poor start. United got off to a poor start. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal got off to a poor start. And they're all starting to put these like mini runs together. And unlike other seasons, the, the amount of games you need to string together now to be up there is a lot less. So I think if you can string five wins, all of a sudden, well, like City have, or five, six wins, all of a sudden, the, the landscape changes massively. Um, I think... I think City will go on from here and do it. I don't think it'll be super straightforward. I just think they've they've shown a side to them that uh, we've not really seen before. It's the first time that the, the spotlight's not been on City. They've kind of gone under the radar because they've had all those games in hand and things to catch up on. No one's paying them attention, and they're kind of they've for me they've acted in like the the big brother role during like a, a family falling apart. There's always somebody. It just steps up out of the way and just, you know, words of encouragement. And they always go, yeah, you've, you've kept kept the family together. And that's what City are doing through COVID ball. They're just keeping a sense of normality. They're just ticking over. You know what? Well, we can win 1-0. We don't even need a striker. Like, just ticking over. And, yeah. Do you know what I have, do you know what I have like, with Chelsea, though? That Tuchel's already blending in experience with, with youth a little bit more. Like, bringing in Azpilicueta... Tuchel is the only manager, uh, though, that's betting in experience as opposed to betting in youth. Yeah. <laughs> they got they, they might yeah. as well have an over-23s rather than under-23s, and he's got sat there waiting. Well, He sat look, there and just said, right, boys, listen, we're going to start again. Yeah, he's All right. discovered a talent, a 30-year-old Marcus Alonso, who's won three Premier Leagues, <laughs> <laughs> bedded him in to see if it works. Tammy's, Tammy's got through the net, yeah. though. We Tammy like Tammy. Tammy, I don't know about Tammy Abraham because I rate him so much. I don't know whether he needs to stay or if he needs to move. Like, imagine Tammy Abraham leading the line at Wolves. Mm. Yeah, like he'd be superb, and he'd get he'd play week in week out, and he'd be fed continuously. You say that, but we're not You're feeding our new striker. Twenty threes of Chelsea. Yeah, David Luiz. Under twenty threes of Chelsea. They've never they've never respected the youth. Like apart from Frank Lampard, look how that look how that worked out. Chelsea have never respected. You don't win anything with kids, you know. Physios. I think the Chelsea situation is like um, you know that TV show Dallas where they killed off the main character and then they realised that the, it was unpopular, so they JR. actually just said, JR. "Oh, let's disregard all that. It was all a dream." So I feel like they did that with the youth, and then they went, "Oh no, no, no! Let's go back to uh, our our team from like three seasons ago where we had Alonso and Aspilicueta." Mm-hmm. Bobby's yeah. down the flanks. I reckon it's a bit like that. Yeah. yeah. But they did both score a goal. So, yeah. and they, Good and they goals. Came oh. back. They, someone's needs to, like, heads and a doy, I was feeling bad for because I was just like, heads and a doy was denied the chance to play for a world class side time after time after time. They gave him a new contract and then they just sat him on the bench. Is there also an argument? I would make this case that Chelsea's academy and youth has maybe been overinflated in the press of just how good they are. So, like you said, Hudson Adoy never appeared at all. All of a sudden, it was like Bayern Munich won 70 million wonder kid. And all these players that everyone's going, oh, they don't use them. But how many of them have really gone on and done well? I think they've got a good system, but I think it's an overrated system that when Lampard meant to tap into it, he didn't find it was quite as good as he was promised. And then he bought for Arnold. I also think, with that in mind, with what Lampard's then. They've they've completely not understood. There will be some feathers ruffled in the change room and some egos damaged when he's put the youth kids ahead of like international players who tried and tested experienced players. 
and they're going to be pissed off. You would be if you see like little little what's his face, little Mason Mount just popping up. Imagine doing doing none of the training, just getting in there. Imagine when they had to make the com- they had to have the conversation with Juru as well. Just like that, we're gonna we're gonna play Tammy over you. Is that what that Aston Villa? Do you think? Head. Do you think it's the equivalent Mason Mount, the equivalent of when you're a kid? The the what's your beef with Mount? The coach. The coach's the coach's son made the team, and he, and he was yeah two left feet, and he made it over you. So basically, Darren Ferguson for Man United. <laughs> I don't know what the, I, I don't know what it is about Mason Mount, but he coughs a lot of flack, and the I think it's completely unfair. But I'm I think he's ace. I really yeah. I think he's really good. I rate him. I think it's genuinely just Skinner. You know, just, just Twitter's decided that we're not allowed to like him. We have to make fun of him. And now we're doing it and we like him. I like Mason. Man. Do you know I mean, what it is? I saw, I saw, like, I see loads of videos of him when he was, like, in the academy of Chelsea. And he was, like, pinging him, pinging him free kicks and then giving, giving people stick when he was, like, 13. And I just didn't like that. Right. Skin. I think I'm, I'm going to give you. It is an alternative universe view here for a minute, yeah? Rate it out of 10. Arsenal, sign Mason Mount and Declan Rice. <laughs> How happy are you with that midfield? Now, what's the first video you think of with, De- with, with Declan Rice? All, all of you, all three of you. What's the starts first crying video? on holiday when Mason Mount makes some jokes. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. But they'll be fully fledged England international, so I'd say yes, it'll be brilliant. <laughs> I, f- I feel like we're the, 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 you know, when the bully, you're like, you don't agree with it, but the bully says something and then we, you just agree so you don't get beaten up as well. You're like, oh, yeah, uh, he's a dickhead, yeah. Uh, we're like, we're, we're turning to buddy, um, what's it? <laughs> Hamster Hammond. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like Jabba the Hutt's little Richard mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always piping up. Never do it. Yeah. <laughs> I rate you. I do. I do. That's what I mean. I do. Yeah. yeah. And he makes me irate. Right. So. We like him. Keep doing what you're doing, yeah. Mason. We're... Three quarters We're of us like him. <laughs> Three out of four. Ain't bad. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Um... How long until, like, let's keep it on the Tommy T then. <laughs> How long until he, do you reckon he settles uh, on a side? Because he's so far, in his t- I know it's only two games, so we've got a small sample size, but he's managed to play every one of their listed strikers at one point or another because he played Werner White. Because obviously I said that Tommy Tuchel would never, ever, ever play Werner White. He needs to play as Werner on the diagonals. That's what he needs yeah, to he do. He needs to dare, like that, across. Um, but he's, he's cramming so many. Do you reckon he'll ever... How long until he gets it right? Or will he not get the chance? Because it's Chelsea. He's done all right so far, hasn't he? He'll get the chance. But you, yeah. you just need to know the players that you're working with. It's Chelsea, like He's though. aware of quite a few. Yeah, It's Chelsea. So it. That's the problem. It's not him. It's Chelsea. It's the fact that at Chelsea... You want to make an omelette, you've got to crack some eggs. problem is when you crack an egg at Chelsea, you get the sack. You know? <laughs> what, just when you're about to make it? When the eggs are cracked, Roman you walks in, you've cracked them in the pan, and he, he mm. gets get out. You made a, you've broken my eggs. And you're you like, say, I'm making, I'm you making say, you an omelette, mate. 
out the kitchen, oh, the eggs aren't even in the pan just, yet. The pan just, is hot. Just, a, just, just on that musing, how do you think Roman Abramovich likes his eggs? Do you reckon he's scrambled or do you reckon he's poached or fertilized? With with caviar, I just think hard boiled. <laughs> hard boiled, yeah, I reckon. Just he it, it, it takes them out of a lunchbox and doesn't even flinch. It peels it. Peels the shell. Eats it. Eats it. He probably. So little, I reckon it's he, a little bit grey inside. I reckon he peels the, uh, it. I reckon he scrapes it off with his teeth, like bites it off, and then spits <laughs> it to one side. Oh. I still, and then he I think he's replaced it with an expensive Fabergé egg. Yeah, he eats Fabergé eggs. <laughs> I don't think Tuchel is going to uh, is going to settle particularly on one side between now and the end of the season to answer the question. I think he's got a lot of he's got a lot of jigsaw pieces there. I think he definitely the signs are that he wants experience, um, but that still doesn't mean that he's going to settle on eleven. To be honest, to many, there's, I mean, you look at Man City. Would you say? We think that they've settled on 11 and then Pep's changing it. So, will he, does he need to? Maybe not. I mean, they are, they're still in, the, in Europe as well. So, I think with that, it just means that they're, and the way the league is and that the games come thick and fast. So, I do think he probably isn't going to settle particularly on a side. I think he's going to just look to get the job, get the job done and then really um, look to bring in maybe some of his own characters in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other teams I can't, that I'm not think that I can't think of now? Off the top of my head, that we need to discuss. As we move on to point three of our agenda. Point three. Point three. Right. Point three is any little observations that we've made about footballer play, you know, footballers, managers, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Mitchell. As you're the, the, the driver am, yeah, of this yeah. section, so I, I, yeah. do you want I to was, kick us off with an observation? Of, yeah. um, well, there isn't really much of a backstory to it, but I was, it was just sort of driving home from my commute for, home from work, and I was thinking, you know, is there anything... Like, someone mentioned that they... that uh, on, a, on a, another podcast I was listening to that was, isn't as good as this one, that, that Sean Dyche wears the same coat in all weather... Um, and and it got me thinking, is there anything that you've noticed about players or managers that you think is unique to you? So there's always things that everyone would notice about players or managers' characteristics, mannerisms, idiosyncrasies. I thought, is there anything that you think, that's just my thought? So I'm going to start off with a couple, right? And then we'll go around. So there are two random ones, and this is why it's, it's, all, it's all about being random. Thought on the managerial front, Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, everyone knows he likes to arch his eyebrow a little bit when he speaks. Of course, yeah, everyone knows that. We can all say that. But he always looks cold to me. He always looks, if you look at him, he always looks like he's freezing cold. I think so, anyway. And I, if you think this too, let me know. He always looks freezing, no matter what weather. He always looks like he's, he's bracing. So that's number one. And number two... I always yeah. thought as a kid, and this is a really random one, that the footballer Dan Petrescu looked like a cross between Fox Mulder or David Duchovny and the cricketer Robert Croft. 
discuss. No, no, you don't need to discuss. But there's there's my two thoughts, which I think I I'd be surprised if anyone else has thought it. Maybe the Ancelotti one, but Dan Petrescu, I don't know. I agree with both. I agree with both of them. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, I can definitely agree with both of them. What have you got? <laughs> right, I'll I'll I'll, Go I'll burn through a couple right of the ones that I've noticed. Have you ever noticed the twinkle in Sam Allardyce's eye? Right, because of this scant disregard for modern football. <laughs> have you ever noticed that? Explain. <laughs> Uh, my second one is well, he, j- he just just he, he hasn't got time for us. He hasn't got time for modern football. He just wants to stick to his bread and butter way of of trying to get out of the situation. You know what you're going to get. Call him Hovis. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get. You're going to get in the in the evening meal. He's going to have meat and potatoes, and that is it. If you gave him sourdough, he'd football. throw it at you. Same, same with his football. Uh, I'll just burn through a couple more. Um, um, we've got uh, Potter. Potter's existential dread stands out a lot. Um, Jose Mourinho's rogue smile, knowing that he's scamming Daniel Levy. Got that. Got that. And then, um, obviously, it's too easy is a target, but I've got Sean Dyche is hiding, murdering a past player. And it's because you can see it, you can see it, and he's created this massive <laughs> exterior to overcompensate. They're my pick. Nice. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, slightly libelous to us, yeah, but it was fine. <laughs> thought that, or are they all unique skin thoughts? Yeah. I agree. I agree. This, I, these are all unique I, thoughts, and I have agreed with every single one of them so far. Um, is Roy Hodgson? I've always thought that he looks very much like one of those old guys that had a mustache all his life, and then he got to about sixty and he shaved it off, and he just never. So his lip will never be the same colour as his forehead because it was covered. Do you know what I mean? I do know the people you mean. Yeah, they had a mustache like good, all their lives, hitting. and then went I'm shaving now. I'm grown up. Yep. I can do what I want. Well, I was musing on your musings and agreed with all and had only a couple of observations myself. I feel like Chris Wilder is very good in his local community and would would like to help other people. He seeks opportunities where people have got like a flat tire or need like help with like you know, a ladder or something, I think, especially when it's going bad for Sheffield United, he tries to keep himself busy doing stuff like that. Ancelotti, for some reason, whenever a game finishes, he gives a really, like, disappointed look that the game's finished. And I feel that is because he's got quite high-maintenance wife <laughs> that he doesn't really um, bond with a lot. Um, and it's this kind of fear that he's going home. I mean, when they lose, it's just, it's not like a disappointment at defeat. It's like a... Oh, is that 90 minutes already? Um, Arteta collects watches, I think. I think. Um, Norwich City striker. Like expensive ones. Expensive ones. Well, for, for his level, he thinks they're expensive, right. but then if he actually went to expensive watch collectors, he'd just get gazumped. They're just average. But <laughs> the, the crowd of people he surrounds himself in his life are impressed by it, so it's fine. 
Um, yeah. Timu Puki, who plays up front for Norwich, I feel is quite a handy guitarist. And then off off topic altogether, I just wondered what ever happened to the ginger kid in that Michael Owen video <laughs> that he pelted footballs at. Yeah, is it Adam Bogdan? <laughs> Could be. And that would make sense because Bogdan's not a very good goalie and it looks like that's affected his career. And Bogdan was in the Liverpool Academy, so I might have solved that. I thought of uh, that Michael Owen clip, actually, when Skinner was going on about 13-year-old Mason Mount and mugging <laughs> up everyone well. in training. I was like, oh, he's a Michael Owen. There's it? actually a much better yeah. video from the same thingy, and it's not him smashing him at the goalkeeper. It's, him, it's in, in the volleys rather than the shots from the edge of the area. And they're te- teeing him up from six from yards out, yards. smashing volleys at the same kid, yeah. celebrating every yeah. single one. What a horrible human being. Yeah, uh, yes. That's why. That's why I think Neville Southall in that video makes the entire thing. Makes he it. does, he does. Um, right then, gentlemen, I think we've come to an end of our agenda. Um, so thank you very much for joining me, and our listeners this week. It's been lovely. It's been nice having the four of us back together, as it should be. It's been. I haven't done this in a while. Mm. Clustered. But yeah. Thank you very much. Have you got any final words, Mitchell? Gone. Hi, I'm Mitchell Gad's mum. And if you don't listen to the Touchline Rant podcast, he's going to be very, very annoyed. Okay? <laughs> the podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever, ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.